social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Can you believe it's June? I can't. Like, when did this happen? How did we just celebrate Memorial Day? What's the equivalent of, like, the Justin Timberlake, it's gonna be May meme, (laughs) but for June? I don't know. Maybe I can find it on Schmooze. Oh my gosh, yes. Let's talk about this meme-based dating app called Schmooze. Tell me more about what it is. I don't know if I understand it yet. Okay, so the app itself uses tagging and machine learning combined with user bios to match people with affinities for certain topics. And that's how you would find your perfect match. It's currently in beta testing still and like slowly rolling out kind of Facebook-like across college campuses. But it's definitely clear that they're using memes and internet culture and using those divides and the polarizing idea of these topics to help match people based on their preferences. Well, I yeah, I heard it's like all about finding a similar sense of humor, which is very important in dating, I think. Of course, of course. Wait, while we're on this subject, you have to share what someone asked you this weekend on one of the dating apps. (laughs) Okay, so someone asked me to share what my TikTok feed looks like, and I thought that was such a good way to get to know people because it's so curated to your interests. What did you respond with? Okay, so my TikTok is mostly cooking videos, um, reality TV gossip, emo music, throwbacks. I forget the last one, but I probably should have made up something that made me like seem like a really good human. <laughs> <laughs> like um, volunteering. volunteering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so we are doing this recording coming off of the long weekend, and I've been seeing a lot of Memorial Day weekend photo dumps on Instagram. And I love the idea of the photo dump. Jen, tell everyone what that is. Okay, so people are posting multi-image posts, so carousels, albums, on Instagram. That's basically just showing snapshots of fun things that they did over the weekend. Well, I feel like I don't post in my Instagram feed a ton, but I always look back on photos and I'm like, oh, I should have shared this. Maybe I should do a photo dump. You 100% should. So the thing I wanted to talk about most about this, it reminds me of when we used to post Facebook albums. Oh, yeah. It's just a recap of all the things that we used to do in our youth, throw it on Facebook. In our youth. <laughs> That's and so funny because yeah. I just found my digital camera, you know, like the point and shoot. And the memory card is missing, but I was like, I want to charge this and get it going because I feel like it'd be so fun to just take it out for for a night, take it out for a spin. (laughs) I feel like point and shoot cameras will have their heyday again, especially since we're still like the film trend disposable cameras is still very high. So given the trajectory of trends, point point and and shoots. I mean, especially as you look at these photo dumps, too. Who knows? People might start posting Facebook albums again. That's true. Okay, so I know we talked about youth, our youth more specifically. We are going to be talking to someone from Build-A-Bear today. Yeah, and we were surprised to hear that Build-A-Bear's marketing strategy isn't just focused on youth and on kids. There's a huge adult audience, especially on TikTok, too. So (laughs) Ashley Singh, who's a digital marketing associate at Build-A-Bear, tells us all about it on today's episode. Yeah, let's hear it. Hi, Ashley. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're super excited to have you. We start every episode with a social media speed round. So we're going to throw a couple of questions at you rapid fire and answer as quickly as you can. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. What's your favorite social network? Instagram. Do you pronounce it GIF or GIF? Hard GIF. It's GIF. (laughs) 
What Instagram ad can you not get rid of? It's this brand called Flow, F-L-O. Yes. They make women's vitamins, and I was going through a phase where I was looking up, like, different kinds of vitamins and supplements, and I didn't look at this brand, but they are following <laughs> so much. I just saw that they created, like, a new emoji or a new, like, Slack emoji or something. Oh, cool. I need to read more into it, but I'm definitely, I've been getting the ads, too. <laughs> Well, speaking of emojis, what is your go-to one? Definitely the cry laughing one. I overuse that one way too much. The classic. <laughs> I know. I'm always like, what do I, which emoji do I use when I'm actually crying laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favorite celebrity to follow on social? I really love The Rock. His kids nice. are so cute. He does so many videos with them and he like, you know, his workouts and his cheat meals are crazy. <laughs> Stories or feed? I really love stories. It's definitely my favorite. Okay, and last one. What was your first screen name? Oh, gosh. Um, it was sweetness underscore zero four seven. I love it. <laughs> Pretty sweet. I love asking that question. <laughs> okay, but let's get into talking a little bit more about your journey to digital marketing. Give us a bit of a background on your career and how you got to where you are today. You know, since I was little, I've always had a passion for storytelling and pop culture. I was glued to the TV. I loved going to the movies and reading and music. You know, magazines were like all over my room as I got mm -hmm. into teenage years. So that's always been a part of my life. And I kind of took that storytelling point literally in terms of what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> I wanted to be an actress actually for oh, cool. quite some time, for a lot of my adolescent time. And so I majored in drama in university. And that degree has actually like really served me in my current career because the program that I did was basically a, a degree in storytelling and mm -hmm. all different types of storytelling. So, you know, I studied acting and directing and, you know, playwriting and even like, you know, puppetry and costume design and all of that. So I learned so many different ways to tell a story. And after I graduated, I did pursue acting professionally for a little while. But, you know, I think as so many people, you know, it kind of gets a little bleak, you know, going <laughs> on audition after yeah. audition, the rejection, which I knew. But I think once you get into it, you realize that maybe you like stability more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I switched gears into journalism because that was always like the other path yeah. um, in the back of my mind. And so I started doing internships. I did one with MTV Canada because um, that's where I'm from. I'm actually from Canada around the time. I thought so when you said university. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I interned at MTV Canada and then I did an internship with Flair Magazine, which is, it's a popular fashion magazine in Toronto. And uh, I was there as an entertainment intern. So mm -hmm. again, like this pop culture yeah. stuff just keeps like coming up for me. Um, and after I interned, I ended up landing a job, more of an administrative role at a broadcast news network. So more of like a, like a hard news, 24 hour mm -hmm. news network, which is interesting. I, it was a good way for me to learn more about broadcast journalism, which I had an interest in. Um, I wasn't working in the newsroom, but I definitely got to see what it was like. You know, I kind of realized while I was there that broadcast journalism, that was not for me. And journalism itself as an industry was really at that time and perhaps maybe now still was really a hard 
industry to get into. I knew people who, you know, had way more experience and education than me who were having a hard time getting a stable job. So I was like, I don't think this is for me. Like I kind of got complacent in the job that I was in and I knew what I liked, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And so at the same time, I was actually in a long distance relationship with my then boyfriend, who's now my husband. Um, We love it. He is from Toronto as well, but he had gotten a job in St. Louis. And so he was working there and kind of going back and forth. And so was I, and it was just time for us to like be together. And so I decided to move to St. Louis. And since I was making such a big life change as it is, I was like, I need to figure out what I'm doing with my career. Like this is the time to really make the change and figure out what I'm doing. And so the most obvious step for me, I think at that time was PR. PR made a lot of sense to me um, because it had like the, all the elements of media and like writing and like all Mm -hmm. the things that I liked, but it was a growing industry, which is what I wanted. So once I moved, I did um, a virtual program with the University of Virginia for PR. um, And then I started working at a small public relations, uh, like boutique agency in St. Louis. I learned so much. I learned a lot about, you know, writing press releases and got lots of experience doing that, lots of experience pitching, doing, you know, media alerts and all of that great stuff. So I was there for a couple of years, but it was so small. It was hard to move up. There wasn't really Mm -hmm. much upward mobility. And digital marketing was also really piquing my interest at that time because it was just booming and I was really interested in social So I moved on to a digital marketing agency that was in town as an account executive. Yeah, I was looking after a lot of different accounts and, you know, running like project management and strategy and, you know, working with designers and web developers to create websites and really doing a lot of different things. Wearing all the hats is how (laughs) we like to say it. (laughs) Exactly. All the hats for so many different kinds of companies. They were more like, you know, smaller, like local companies companies. One was like a door hinge company. Just, yeah. Random. (laughs) But like, you know, it's good to have, I think that variation because you never know what you're going to (laughs) end up in, you know? So um, I was there for about a year. It was kind of one of those places where they like throw you in the water and you got to sink or swim, you know, after a while it's, it's a lot of burnout. So I left that job. And right after I left that job, I got pregnant with my daughter, who's now two. And so I was still looking for a job for a while, but there's a lot of anxiety about like looking for a job while knowing you're going to have a baby soon. Yeah, yeah, right. After a while, I just decided, you know what? I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to maybe take a break for right. a while. So that's what I decided to do. You know, I stayed home with my daughter for about a year. And then after that, I was like ready to go back to work. That's when I started applying back into jobs, starting to rev up, taking some more courses and things like that, just to rev myself up of getting back into the workforce. That's how I realized that Build-A-Bear is hiring. It was like serendipity. It was like, I wanted to work for Build-A-Bear for so long. Amazing. Like when I moved here and I found out that Build-A-Bear was headquartered here, I was dying to work here. (laughs) I applied right away and the hiring manager, we got along so well and just, I got my dream job. The rest is history. I love that, like moving to a new city and looking at a list of what's headquartered there. I know. Like, what, what are my opportunities? What's here? What are my options? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, it probably didn't hurt either that you had a young one who would enjoy right. a Build-A-Bear item anyway. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It was definitely when you have a young one, you're like, yes, I will be cool to you. Yes. <laughs> 
Tell us more about why Build-A-Bear was your dream job. What were you most looking forward to when you started? So I didn't grow up with the brand the same way that other people did because it didn't come to Canada until I was like maybe about in high school. And it wasn't even like it hadn't even come to my town when it first arrived. So I have more kind of seen the brand grow from like more of an outside perspective, even though I visited the store and knew a lot about the brand, but it's just such an iconic part, (laughs) I feel, of North American culture. It's really almost become going to the stores like a rite of passage in childhood. And it's just being able to be a part of a brand that means so much to people and has so much happiness, you know, that they hold for that brand is really appealing to me. That's why I was just instantly attracted to wanting to work there. Obviously, like it's, you know, it's cute. It's cute stuff. <laughs> you know, it's just adorable. And like, that really was what drew me in. I definitely remember my first Build-A-Bear Putting the heart inside. Oh my God, you're warming it up with your hands. The most special touch. (laughs) So you mentioned being a part of a brand that's all about happiness. And I feel like that's such a power feeling to have when you know you're working for a company where you can feel good about it. What are the kinds of stories that you hear working at Build-A-Bear about these first experiences or these happy kids that are going home with their new product? Yeah, so just being in social so much and being around our organic social channels, I see so many stories of people going in and it's either the child's first birthday Mm -hmm. and they're able to go in and like celebrate with this really special moment. Or I've seen stories where a family's dog had passed away and so they came in to the store to make a dog that looks like their pet yeah it's kind of like a healing moment for yeah. them and our bear builders that work in the store a lot there's just so passionate and have so much compassion for the guests that come in that they're also part of what makes the experience so special you know we also have these sound chips yeah. where you can record messages in your own voice and put them in the bear and play them. And we see so much content with that. One recently that I saw, it, it was a girl who she's going to be going off to college. And so it was her mom's birthday. So she recorded a message about like how, you know, whenever you look up at the moon, know that I'm looking at the same moon too. And whenever you miss me, just like press the paw on this bear and you'll hear me. Oh. There's just so many ways that people go in and experience our store or like, you know, experience our products that are just so happy and so memorable and so nice. Jenna's tearing up. I see it in her eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask about, you know, the story you just told was about someone, you know, in their late teens, maybe going to college and Build-A-Bear is typically for children, but we know there's other audiences that have grown to love it or you loved it in your childhood and stay a continued fan. What are the types of audiences that you're speaking to on social and what's it like crafting these campaigns and content for children, but also adults who are the parents of the children? You know, it sounds kind of funny, but I don't know if you remember when the first Shrek movie came out. Of course. Um, (laughs) A while ago, but I remember that movie being a big deal. And one of the reasons why was because it, on the surface, it was meant for kids, but it was like thoroughly enjoyable for adults. The characters, the humor, like everything. And not just adults that, you know, like animation, but just like anybody. Right. And so I think pieces of content like that, where it's the kind of thing that, it really speaks to adults and kids. 
It can be tricky to do, but I try to think of when I'm helping to develop content, think of ways that we can really do that. Like we recently put out a meme on our social channels where we have like this new dolphin. (laughs) Yes, I saw this. Yeah. And so, you know, it's our plush dolphin that our creative team photoshopped on a picture of our workshop inside of our workshop, just kind of like floating around and then also put it on a background of just like outside in a field and inside the workshop it says dolphin and then outside is <laughs> and this meme like people went crazy for it people are like this is amazing content like, like people were just really engaging with this and it's those kinds of things where we can really capture the attention of both adults and kids yeah. that we're really going for the other thing is that and this is kind of like it's a bit of a misconception with a lot of people that our brand is only for kids actually like a significant amount of our audience are tweens, teens, and adults that are either buying for themselves or buying for like other tweens, teens, or adults. So for licensed products, we have partnerships with Lucasfilms and Marvel, you know, a lot of different areas where we have a lot of adult affinity fans and um, we don't just kind of box our content into like a child parent. Yeah point of view because you like that would be a disservice to us and to our audience that's not in that area so we really think of them and also like the way that we're evolving as a brand is really including those adults so we just launched a website called the bear cave and it is specifically aimed at our adult audience so we have sassy sassy little (laughs) t-shirts I love this. Yeah, like bring on the bubbly and like you can add like a little champagne glass accessory like to your bear and give it as a gift to your friend or like, you know, occasion stuff like bride to be. We'll also in the future, we'll have more adult focused licenses and partnerships on there as well. You know, we're really trying to incorporate and think of everybody. That is so fun. I am on the website right now and I have to put in my birth date to make sure that I can (laughs) enter, which I love something that's gated. It makes it feel way more exclusive. Ooh. Exactly. It's like you're a secret club you're going to. Yeah, fun. I would have had no idea that this was a huge market for you. But this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. Like it makes my job super fun because I I bounce around between these different audiences making content for them and all of that. So it's really great. I will admit, I sleep with a stuffed animal every night. His name is Polar Chuck. Um, So (laughs) I would be open to receiving a -A Build-A-Bear from a friend. Hint, hint, Jen. I'm not buying you. (laughs) You have Polar Chuck. He's going to get jealous. (laughs) So I saw another audience. I saw on TikTok that there's this big trend of doing date night at Build-A-Bear. Tell me more about that. I think it sounds so fun. And there's videos that have hundreds and thousands of views. And Build-A-Bear itself on that channel has over 100,000 followers. Did you expect this type of reaction from the TikTok community? And what's that been like? Well, you know, TikTok is really interesting because we've actually only been on the app for about five months. But before that, we already had this huge presence happening. Like you said, with all these amazing creative videos being done by TikTok users of visiting the store, going on date. You know, we've seen like groups of friends go in and make like friendship bears. I remember one of like the first really big videos that featured us was a service dog named Mushu. (laughs) 
who he was like his owner brought him to the store and had him make a bear. Like, so he like with his mouth, like grabbed grabbed the skin, like out of the bin, brought it to the bear builder. The bear builder like made it for him and they helped him put the heart inside. And he was the most wholesome, like heartwarming thing. I think you could ever see it's so cute. And this video went viral. I think at this point, it has maybe like over 20 million views. TikTok loves that stuff. (laughs) And there was just so many other, you know, even like people just talking about sales we were having um, and that blowing up. So it felt really organic for us after having all that happen to move on to TikTok. Mm -hmm. It felt like we were being invited to the party rather than crashing it, you know, it didn't feel like people were going to say, Oh, what's Build-A-Bear doing here? You know, it felt like, yeah, it felt like you were being welcomed and wanted on the app. And so it's been great so far. We have a little like committee at our company of people who aren't just in marketing, but from other departments who love TikTok. You know, we have a meeting every once in a while and talk about different ideas and what we've seen. And that really helps to, you know, think of ideas for content and all of that. So yeah, our time on TikTok is great. And we're really looking forward to doing more partnerships with influencers Mm -hmm. and campaigns and really expanding. We're really excited to see where we go on this app. I love that there's the little committee because I was going to ask you how the content is made. I saw some, you know, a lot of it's in the store itself and there's people in costumes. Is it part of the social team? Is it, you know, certain stores who have people who are just ripe for TikTok? How are you kind of choosing how you create that content? So we do have that committee, but right now the creation of the videos falls under social. So we're making the videos and we just have several ways that we make content right now. So we'll go to a store and shoot things specifically for TikTok rather than making something else and just smart. And so we had a peeps collection come out around Easter. We had the peeps mascot come (laughs) and like, we have a series called first stuffing premieres where we have like unique guests come in and stuff a new product for the first time and so we did like the trend with bear me who's our mascot where like the two mascots are doing the you know where there's two different this or that yeah and they choose which one and they were like dancing (laughs) and like it was (laughs) funny and that we created that's obviously for tiktok and so right now we're not going to different stores and saying, hey, make something for us. We actually have our Build-A-Bear headquarters store, okay. like flagship store, where it's easy for us to go in and shoot things and plan that because it can be difficult logistically mm-hmm. to have right. different stores filming things. But I definitely think as we grow, it'll be really fun to get other stores involved and have them like create content that might be specific to where they are so that we can share it. Because also our bear builders are great ambassadors. They're person- personalities in themselves like should be shown you know yeah exactly so we're really excited to continue building that out on the app I wanted to ask about partnerships um, because you mentioned the peeps and I saw there's a line of animal crossing plushies and there was also pokemon what is it like for you and your role managing these partnerships how does it come through on social and are you working with teams at those other brands Um, to create content together. Tell me what that looks like. Yeah. So we do have loads of partners that we work with. And so for me in social, my management team works directly with 
all of our different partners to make sure that our messages um, and anything that we're showing is on brand with them. We do create content that both Build-A-Bear and the partner agree upon and collaborate on and talk about. We're always in constant communication with our partners to make sure that, you know, we're both mm -hmm. happy with the content that we're putting out and that we both have the right information and all of that. It's really important to us that when we represent another brand that we're doing it in yeah. the right way. Um, and in a way that works for, for both of us because our partners are really important to us. And obviously their brand is, is super important to them. And we want to make sure we showcase it through our products. Right. In, in the, the right most way. authentic way. That makes sense. What would you say is the most surprising partnership that you've helped bring to life? That's a good question. Well, you know, the peeps one, I just never really had yeah. thought of like, a candy yeah. company, like doing that kind of partnership with them. Although once we did it, it, it made total sense. Um, you just don't think about collaborating with like right. a food product, I think, as a brand. Yeah, for definitely we do a lot of seasonal, you know, products within our store. And so Easter's a big campaign for us. And so partnering with Peeps just really made a lot of sense. Do you ever see on social people commenting, asking for new partnerships or new styles of plushies? Good question. Oh my gosh, all <laughs> what do the they time. Want? Tell us what they're looking for. What do the people want? I, I mean, you hear all kinds of things that people are asking about. You know, I think that's one of the things that really surprised me most about when I started at Build-A-Bear is just how passionate our fan base is on social and, you know, they are really vocal. They like to tell you what they like, what they don't like, um, which we're really lucky to have a, a fan base like that, that really wants to engage with us on that level. Actually, it's funny. Last year, there was a, a young lady who really wanted us to make an opossum oh, oh. plushie. We've never done one before. And, you know, we, people have asked us about making an opossum before, so it was like a normal thing, but she was like really <laughs> adamant about making of this opossum. She started a petition on Twitter. Oh my God. Literally, she got like thousands of people to sign this petition in like, I don't even know, like maybe like 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> and there were so many people that were signing that like the local news oh in her gosh. area picked it up. And it turned into this whole thing. And now like we are like making an opossum now because there's just so much desire for this. And yeah, it's just so interesting <laughs> to see the people like so pumped up about seeing things. People have been asking about mm -hmm. Hamilton bears and, you know, all kinds of different things. Obviously, Grogu was a huge one that people were asking uh -huh. about Animal Crossing. Those were ones that we were getting a lot of questions about. So it's so fun to hear what people want to see. And about every six months or so, we post asking people, like, what do you want to see? I mean, next? there's something to be said about people asking for your product. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, it's, it's almost like they don't need to be marketed to in a way because <laughs> the hunger is there and the desire to have something that was crowdsourced is very clearly apparent. So I love that for you. That's just so exciting. Yeah, it's really great. And I think something with, with social, especially like going back to being a, a well-loved brand, is that because there is so much desire, I mean, obviously that's like a great problem to have. <laughs> yeah. 
you could really phone in like your content if you wanted to. You could easily just like throw up like, oh, we're having a sale today and oh, here's a new item and like call it a day. But for us, we really want to be constantly thinking about new ways to engage people and new ways to interact with people. And so, you know, even though we do have this demand, it's really important for us to like evolve Mm -hmm. and make sure that we are not just existing on social, but really being an active participant. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like thinking about the the dolphin and dolph out meme again, it's just like, (laughs) yeah, like you said, little ways to just get people engaged and make them smile when they see it on their page. Who knew memes would be like the the workhorse <laughs> of that? But I mean, I believe it. People love memes. They do. So aside from the webpage that you mentioned that's like geared a little bit more towards adults, what do you see coming up in the future for Build-A-Bear? What are you excited about that may be something a little bit different? So actually, we have... We have some really exciting things coming up that I'm just so excited for our, uh, so, you know, at the beginning of every month, we do like a newsletter kind of email thing where we talk about what's coming up next for the month. And so we have a partnership with PJ Masks, which is going to be great for kids that are, you know, fans of the show. Obviously, we have a partnership with obviously the new Space Jam movie is coming out. I'm like weirdly (laughs) excited for this because I was obsessed with that movie growing up. It is so Um, good. I definitely had a stuffed animal. What's the girl bunny's name? What was her name? Lola. Lola. Lola? I had a stuffed animal of her. (laughs) Yeah. So super excited for that. And also we have a Lord of the Rings collection, you know, pretty exciting stuff. You know, we're always, we always got something new around the corner. So it's always fun. Well, it's a perfect example, all three of those of like we were talking about the different audiences, right? It's like even Space Jam is a little bit of both because there's the nostalgia built in for all of us who grew up with Space Jam, the original, (laughs) and now the kids who are going to be experiencing the new Space Jam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that. Okay. I have a very random question. <laughs> How many <laughs> Build-A-Bear stuffed animals do you own? I own, well, so some of them are like my daughters, but we own about six okay. right now. So we're obviously building our collection because she's so young. Of course. Of course. She's going to have so many. <laughs> so we're just going to have so much. I can already see it. Like we just have a ton. And I, you know, when you work at Build-A-Bear, it doesn't matter what position you work in. Everybody works a day at the store and it's called your bear builder training. Oh, that's cool. so fun. Yeah. So everybody gets to go and you basically learn how to like build bears and use the stuffing machine. And, you know, you wear the Build-A-Bear smock and like you can help guests and is really fun it's like one of my favorite memories from you know working at build-a-bear i still have a paulette which is our mm-hmm. money for a friend and um i named her pearl i had a little dress <laughs> and like little shoes like she's like she's sitting on my desk and yeah that's like my favorite amazing one. Okay. I think six is a reasonable number. I'm excited to see your, your collection collection grow. grow. I know. I, you know, when I was a kid, I know I would have been a -A Build-A-Bear kid. Like if, if it had been around when I was growing up, I'm sure I would have had a million Beanie Babies Mm, were the thing when I was a kid. Fun story. (laughs) I used to pretend that my Beanie Babies were my Build-A-Bear's children. That makes so much sense though, right? Based on size. (laughs) Our friends and I have a group text called BBM and it stands for Beanie Baby Money. We are plotting to all sell our Beanie Babies together and and become rich and buy an island. (laughs) Yes. That was the dream though, right? Like when collecting, these are going to be worth so much. That's actually a good question. 
So are there Build-A-Bear collectors? Do you see a community of people who try to collect every single one? Yeah, we have a lot of collectors and they have like groups on Facebook and all of that. That's right. their thing. Like is they really in tune with what we have going on and our new releases because our company has been around for so long right. we have like you know archived ones that we don't sell anymore and like looking for those and like all that stuff so yeah we definitely have a really active collector community online wow i love to hear that Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. This was fabulous. I could talk about stuffed animals all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. This was awesome. Okay, so I love the idea of the bear cave, and I have pitched to many a client the idea of doing like an after dark kind of presence to appeal to different people who are interested in the brand that might not be the day-to-day normal audience. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, I commented on this during the interview. I just love the idea of exclusivity and offering something specific to a more niche audience. Yeah. And I think this does exactly that, especially with a brand like Build-A-Bear, whose brand affinity is already so high. Like, totally. People love Build-A-Bear and it can continue on for generations and generations. And I just, I love the legs that this has. And yeah, I, I said this to Ashley, at, you know, after the interview, but I loved looking into everything Build-A-Bear was doing, especially on TikTok. And I'm so interested to see what they do next. I know. Speaking of TikTok, moving into the account that we want you to follow, I actually got a TikTok ad from Abercrombie. I can't believe we are talking about <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch on this podcast. There's been such a resurgence um, because of TikTok, I think, or just Gen Z in general loves the clothes. But I got an ad and it was a woman trying on different bathing suits. And some of them didn't fit her. And she was like, oh, you know, like, I like this one, but I would say this is better for this body type. Like, mm. I'm going to try something else. And I thought that was just very honest marketing of not everything you try on is going to fit, especially from Abercrombie. And I went and looked at their page and they're doing similar kind of try on stuff there. So I think that's a fun account to follow. Yeah, I, I just love the inclusivity of it. It's nice to see them like leaning into that a bit more, especially, totally. you know, back to our youth again, how, you know, polarizing that brand was too yeah, for some yeah. of us. Well, and Jen, I know you have some Abercrombie items in your shopping cart. You know, it's so crazy to me. It's like I felt so strange even shopping on the website because I felt like it wasn't for an almost 30-year-old. <laughs> but the clothes themselves are They're so really cute, cute and well-made. I think that's part of it for me. And honestly, I've gotten those TikTok ads myself, and they've convinced me. Good. It works. There's the proof. Marketing wow. works. Marketing works. <laughs> what a wonderful note to end on. <laughs> All the social ladies, 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 now put your phones up.